Welcome back to Put Some Ghee on It. My name is Subi Sayed, your host. Today's episode is very near and dear to my heart. The LGBTQ plus community is something that I am thankful I was surrounded by from, you know, the most of my young adult, adult life, whether I knew it or not, growing up, a lot of my friends identify within that community. And it is something that I think within our Desi community. We have a lot of progress to make. However, I am quite proud of our Desi community for making these small strides that we have. I'm very excited to welcome my dear friend Ali. Ali is pursuing his master's degree in teaching at DuPaul University. That is clap, 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 sir, in Chicago. <laughs> Welcome, Ali. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for doing this. I know Thank it's... Thank you for having me. It is a big deal to talk about, you know, yourself and the strides within the community, but um, some of the hurdles you may be going through or have had to go through. I really do appreciate you being here. Follow Ali on Instagram at the designer. Designer is spelled D E S I G N R E. R E. Yes, get it right. <laughs> you can also find him at the designer spelled the same way N R E dot com, where we can follow him. Uh, with style and fashion and lifestyle, where he also talks about uh, experiences within the community, whether it be LGBTQ plus or the Desi community. Um, so I really encourage everyone to check him out. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Please check me out. <laughs> I will happily take the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, Ali, um, no Hi. better person to do this than yourself, but... Talk about you for a couple of minutes. Obviously, you grew up in Chicago. That's where I met you. Mm -hmm. You, I was introduced to you through my husband mm -hmm. um, in, within his circle of friends. And you and I very quickly became friends. But anyway, tell, tell everyone <laughs> a little bit more about yourself. Yes. Hi, I'm Ali. I'm 22. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> I don't like sweets. Um, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, um, I'm the average Desi guy, I feel like. I, I grew up in a Pakistani household. Um, both parents were from Pakistan and Karachi, and they migrated over here. And then we have a great family of three older brothers. So I've been a baby of wow. my immediate family and also my cousins as well. So, mm -hmm. Do you guys have a pretty large extended family in Chicago? Yeah, yeah, actually. Okay. Um, it kind of was just like a very um, exponential growth where... It was like four brothers or four sisters that came in, and then they all had three or four kids, and then those four kids had another four kids. Wow. It was just a lot, and it's great when um, you have a family that big, but it also right. is a lot of opinions and a lot of personalities mm -hmm. and a lot of kids' names that are very similar, <laughs> and you're just like, wait, which one is this? Is it the one with the Y or the I? And you don't know. <laughs> um but yeah, I grew up in Chicago. I've lived there ever since. It's definitely a great area to live. It was very family oriented. Um, yeah, I have great friends out there. Yeah, it's a cute area. Now I live out in the city. I'm a little more, a more north, um, and I live with a roommate. But it's it's 
a big change living by yourself at this sure. type of age and also being desi as well sometimes because like I mean, we, just living by yourself. Like, we haven't even gotten into the fact yeah. that you're gay. Just living by yourself. <laughs> it's a lot. You have to get toilet paper 20... by yourself. It's like the whole thing. <laughs> no, but just living by yourself at 22 years old in the Desi community is yeah. like a bit unheard of as uh-huh. it is. Exactly. And they're always asking you like, oh, like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm living by myself. Right. And then they're like, how do you cook? And I'm like. I put two and two together and you make it work. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. I'm fed. I'm, I'm going to be okay. We'll, we have Uber Eats. We'll, we'll make it work. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you were pursuing your master's degree in teaching. What got you into teaching? How did you get to that path? Because I know you're yeah. quite fashion-oriented, yeah, too. Yeah, so. it was kind of all over the place in high school. It was really weird. Um, around, like, sophomore year of high school, I had definitely – been in the medical background i was like oh i want to be a doctor and i want to be a cardiologist i know (laughs) and i was like i want to be the desi doctor and i want to be a cardiologist and make i'm gonna make money and um i had gravitated towards a certain teacher of mine that was so raw and authentic and just taught the material but formed it so that the student like understood it Mm -hmm. it wasn't really about like okay you have to understand this and you're gonna take the test and you're gonna pass and if you don't pass you're gonna have to retake it it was more of like hey i'm your teacher i'm gonna guide you through this if you don't get this feel free to ask me the question and i'll happily explain this to you in a better way and with that me and him created a great conversation me and him are still great friends now and with that i had definitely identified like okay i like teaching i like presenting got it i like um having that attention near me but more of helping others and making sure that they understand it in their own way and being creative in Mm -hmm. that way and with style of course like it's definitely been like an art with me i love expressing my ways through that i've always also contemplated like dropping everything and creating my brand but then you look at statistics and then you're like oh wait let's relax don't look at the numbers honey just keep going i know but But no that's so awesome because i mean we haven't even really gotten into your entire background but just someone with your background being in the teaching world and your main goal is to understand students and understand people Mm -hmm. and show them their path and hold their hand through it i think that's huge and especially for a daisy kid to see another daisy teacher who is openly gay is it's a big deal yeah. and i commend oh. you for it because so we need <laughs> we need more people with layers yes i think teachers. there's a lot of identities that everyone has and we should feel free to talk about them right being they see there's a and a male being like they see it's always like a stigma that you have to be the top three like be in it or medicine or engineering engineering or something and like um i'm so blessed to have the family and parents that i did have that they always influenced me to just be creative and if you like something and if you love something go in for it and Mm -hmm. go in with 110 percent, and we'll support you too towards it i love that yeah so growing up when did you realize you were gay or I don't know if you identified with being gay right away Mm -hmm. when did you realize that perhaps you were not straight or Mm -hmm. I don't know if you had the vocabulary for it but when did you realize that you were different Mm -hmm. so it was a brisk fall morning no I'm (laughs) kidding Um, (laughs) so definitely like as 
a kid, I want to say like maybe around eight years old, I definitely had ideas. I was always like, oh, like a man and woman are always together. But like you would see kissing and then I would I kind of be like, oh, I kind of like the man more. But like okay. it was always a weird different feeling that I didn't know. I didn't know that it meant that you were gay. I didn't know anything. Right. So it was kind of like a very sheltered thought. And then once I got into my teens with all my hormones racing and all my acne all over, I was definitely... Your skin has cleared up. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, at 14, I was definitely... With my life at the time, like my mom had passed away. It was a difficult time. And I had identified myself as different. I was definitely like, okay, well, I am slightly attracted to men Mm -hmm. and... I know that this isn't right based off of what we were taught from as kids, like in Saturday school with Islam and everything. And I definitely knew that I was like, okay, well, I don't know how to go about this and I don't know who to talk to or what to do. And I just kind of. So I have a question in there. Yeah. I have a question because I don't recall this at all in my like Saturday school. Um, and for those of you, Saturday school is the equivalent of Sunday school, basically. We just <laughs> got duped and we had to do it on Saturday morning. Yeah, this is the worst. So, <laughs> um, so in your Saturday school classes, were you actually taught that like being gay? No, no, no. It okay. wasn't like, oh, like today's lesson is okay, being yeah, No, yeah. it wasn't that. <laughs> it was more of just like um, you would go around, you'd have your teachers, you'd have your classmates and your classmates would – throw a slur around of like using the F word or mm-hmm. anything like that or identifying like, oh, you seem very prissy or girly or gay. And one person would just add on to them just being like, hey, like, you know that this isn't like being gay in Islam isn't good. Right. Wow. And like, I would just be like, oh, OK, cool. Like, all right. I'm going to just play with my pizza top over here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like the tabletop that you'd get on your pizza and like you'd fight over it. No. Okay. Oh, that little me. white thing in the middle? Yeah, the little white thing. We used to fight over that in Saturday school. <laughs> okay, we it didn't was, get pizza in Saturday school. It was really school. low budget. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't get that. We didn't even get the pizza. So oh, It was and, Little Caesars $5, okay? <laughs> it wasn't, like, great. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so that's when you kind of started to identify as being different. And, yeah. And realizing that you had an attraction towards boys and men. Mm -hmm. So then how did that progress? How did you? Yeah. So um, around that like same age, around 14, I was like, okay, I'm different. I'm gonna, I didn't experiment at all from, I want to say like the timeline from being 14 to 18. I didn't really experiment with it. Um, Were you dating girls? Yeah, I was dating girls during then. Um, I would see them. And at that time I had kind of, I think this was around when I met you. That's when I was like, oh, I think I might be bisexual. The reason why I had thought that was because my relationships would be fine. They would be working and, like, I would be emotionally invested with a woman. Okay. However. I, yeah. Were they sexual? The sexu- I mean, yeah, as I, they sexual were, yeah, as yeah, you yeah, get they at were that sexual. Okay. Um, but that was the thing. With sexual, I didn't feel a connection. Got it. And it was more infatuation over a woman's beauty. Okay. And that was click in my mind when I was like, okay, maybe this is something else. And it was based off of an amazing teaching that my mother had always instilled in me that is like women are to be cherished. Mm-hmm. Women go through a bunch of shit. 
And Bra- okay, can we just yeah. take a moment for yeah. your mother? <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. Continue. Bravo, mother. <laughs> um, love her with all my heart, will always. And my mother had um, had always told us just like, whatever you do in life, if you see a woman, you thank her. You understand her journey. You understand whatever it is, and you just listen. And I love that about my mom. She mm-hmm. had taught me that, and I was always closer to my mom than my father. I mean, my father and I always butt heads, but we did click eventually. Sure. But yeah, at that point, like I was like, okay, wait, no, 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 no. I'm just infatuated with the woman because she's beautiful. She's beautiful. And you're taught Every, to cherish. Yeah, that. like yeah. I was worshiping a woman almost. Mm-hmm. Like I was always like, oh my god, like she goes through so much, like. No one understands her. <laughs> I'm like, what? Let me understand you. And um, yeah, it just never clicked. And like those relationships ended. And um, this was around, I want to say 17 to 18 area. This is like once I got into college and I was commuting. Mm-hmm. This is when I was like, okay, well, this is a time where I'm basically – off to myself yeah so you like find your freedom realize that Mm -hmm. you have freedom for the first time right for once because at that time like from being a teenager to really even now like at that time i was very instilled with a lot of responsibilities at home um with my mom passing away it was just like a lot of responsibilities left and right at home and i just felt that that energy of me finding myself could be halted for a little bit i was like okay i'll take care of this in a little bit let me take care of what's going on at home right and i did um i don't like feel sad about not doing that like i'm just like sure plus plus you were still quite young and figuring it out exactly and And that's where like um like in that time i'm glad i took that time regardless of how many years it was it definitely allowed me to get more mature it allowed me to gain knowledge on the fact and just be open to the idea of like experimenting mm-hmm. because I think that's a big factor of it sometimes is that like, hey, maybe this is something different and I'm myself, I'm open to opening that door. Before you actually came out, did you have a moment in your brain where you thought, okay, I'm definitely gay and I'm definitely going to have a major hurdle in my life with that being part of the Daisy community and obviously not not only just the hurdle of yeah. coming out to your family and whomever but the burden of being oh. Daisy yep. and being gay like that was one of my first couple thoughts and I was like immediately there because my first thought was literally like like what are people gonna say about this as the bane of our existence if there is something we could tattoo on (laughs) everybody's head it's that that. (laughs) um or like a sticker i don't even know but yeah like it was definitely a thought like one admitting that you're gay itself to your own self to yourself yeah to yourself is such a big hurdle to finally like especially like i was like no maybe i'm bi maybe i'm just like to make those what are the words identities like so to identify to just identify immediately i was identifying to make myself feel better so that i could go out to the desi community and be like this is me like accept me but i 
realized that I was like, okay, well, if I don't know myself, I don't need to declare anything right now. I'm not like right. declaring that like this is my like stage. This is where I'm at. Like because I feel like that's another thing with our Daisy community. It's always like, where are you in your life right now? Like, what are you doing? You're like, I'm breathing. And I'm like, back I, up. I literally just parked up like a five foot parking thing by myself. Like, that's where you're at. And <laughs> I'm still coming down. From I know. That okay, we'll, we'll get there. Um, but that was always like instilled. Like, let's talk about the stages of life. And I had to take a step back, and I was just like, I need to just take care of myself, figure out what I am, and from that. I'll go on with it. And that was a big portion of just like, oh, like, I'm Desi. I know from what I had gathered at at that time when I was 18, I felt like I was an enigma. I felt like I was literally like one Mm -hmm. point percent of like the Desi community. And it's hard because you feel that you're almost alone in that situation. And it's hard not being supported sometimes, sure. but um, that's where your chosen family comes in. Right. That's where people that you do meet and that make you comfortable and you can have those conversations about not even you being gay, but just like gay communities or mm-hmm. someone being in drag, someone. Because there's such a spectrum. There's I think people so just think it's like one thing and one thing mm-hmm. only and you can only identify either you're gay or you're not mm-hmm. or you know, like you're saying, there's there's a whole spectrum there's of... There's a vast majority. And even that, that was something that I learned. It was like, mm-hmm. immediately when I was 18, I was like, wait, there's more to being gay? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, this is overwhelming. Like, I can't do this. And um, yeah, so then eventually, around 18 years old, I had admitted it to myself. I admitted it to my best friend that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And she was... She was like, yeah, I've I've known. I feel like everyone knew at that point. Um, well, you'd be surprised. Yes. So we have a funny story. <laughs> of So this is how I met Ali. Uh, Ali and my husband uh, have known each other for a very, very long time. He is friends with Ali as well. But um, he's really close friends with one of your older brothers. Mm-hmm. And so that is how I met you when I was dating Osama. And I would go to Chicago all the time. Um, I would, you know, naturally meet some of his friends. And I remember meeting you briefly. And then later on, we were having a discussion about that particular night. Mm-hmm. And I-, I met you. I thought you were lovely, but it was a very brief encounter. And afterwards, I wasn't sure exactly what your name was, you know, because you just meet a bunch of new mm-hmm. people. And I remember later on we were referencing something in the night or I was asking a question. I can't remember exactly how we got to it. But we we were discussing you at some point and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't neither bad or good. But And I said, oh, the gay kid. <laughs> and my husband was like, wait, who do you think is gay? And I was like, oh, and I, and I pointed you out like on Instagram or in a picture or something. Somehow I got to your face. Yeah. And I said, oh, this kid, Ali. <laughs> And Osama was like, my husband was like, wait, he's not gay. And I was like, oh, yes, sweetheart, he is. <laughs> um, and you were very young at the time. I think you were yeah. 17, 18 years old when I 17. met you. So you certainly, you know, weren't publicly out. And it was just something I, I, I guess, identified within you right mm-hmm. away. And that's how I identified you to him. And I said, oh, the gay kid, Ali. And... <laughs> 
he was just like, no, no, he's not gay. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, he he is. Just give him some time. Yeah. And um, and I said, listen, like you know, again, I've said this to you, but it was a big point for me to tell him, like, please do not out him. Like, mm-hmm. I know. 100% that he's gay. Mm-hmm. He hasn't confided in me, but I'm not questioning it. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't know himself, but just give him some time and it'll come out. But this is not a discussion that we're going to have with other people. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be outing him or, oh my gosh, Subi thinks Ali is gay. Like, yeah. it's not the discussion we're going to have. Mm-hmm. But, like, mark my words, it will come <laughs> out at some point. <laughs> and it did. And it did. She and- pointed it out before, like, I knew it. <laughs> so, well, I knew it, but, like, yeah, <laughs> we were a bunch of us were out one night um, and Ali had decided to and I am very thankful for this. And I actually oh. feel very proud that you felt compelled and comfortable yeah. and secure enough to come to me. But at the end of the night, Ali comes up to me and he's like, hey, I, I have to tell you about something. And I was like, oh, OK, what do you got to say? <laughs> and he says, I'm bi. And I just looked at him and I said, no, you're not, honey. <laughs> I was like, you're right. Kind of. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, I, and I apologize if by any means I wasn't supposed to tell you what you were or were not. <laughs> but I was like, no, 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 no. It, yeah. Whatever it takes for you to get comfortable and it's cool. And I mean, quite honestly, I don't care if you're bi, try, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I don't care. Exactly. But. And not shaming to bisexuals either. I love them too. It's like right, right, I, right. You, sometimes I feel bad that I almost use it as a stepping stone. Right. And, and that's... I don't mean to. It sure. was literally just like, I did not know what I was. I was right. like, okay, I think I'm attracted to women and I'm attracted to men. From what I've gathered, that's what I thought bisexuality sure. was. Sure. Um, and I think maybe just personally, because I'm older and because I've been surrounded for decades mm-hmm. now with some of my closest friends being gay, mm-hmm. I think maybe that was my way of being like, it's okay. I yeah. I, I see you <laughs> using that as yes. a stepping stone or just get dipping your toe into the spectrum of identifying yeah. yourself. Because it's so vast. Right. And I just <laughs> wanted you to be like, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Thank you. Well, you did. You definitely did. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are. How did you actually come out to family members or specifically how did you come out to your dad? Because at this point your mother has passed away. Mm-hmm. So you now, how old are you at what? I was around, it was two years ago. Okay. So it was 20, when I was 20 um, and I was in college and I was at like two years in college and this is around the time of just me being at home with my father and um, it was just me, my father, and my stepmom as well. My father and I had, l- let's rewind, me feeling of how I wanted to come out to my family Yes, was the biggest nightmare and like I would have anxiety attacks about it because at that time I had researched so much about just being gay and I had known that my friends were open about it and they supported me with it. And at that time, I kind of just prepared myself for the worst. Some people think it's bad. I just wanted to protect myself at the end of it. What does preparing yourself for the worst look like? Yeah, so it was mainly, not even like the worst, quote unquote. Um, It was mainly things like finances. And like, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to hold my own to be able to live my life as if like 
if I was kicked out or anything like that, and those are scenarios that I could support myself or feel happy enough that I could go throughout life and be happy and live my true life and like not compromise anything or change who I am in that realm. Like I was not going to, I was not going to back down from me being gay and identifying as gay and like changing that just Mm -hmm. because I was at home or these people were there. So you were living on your own at this point? Well, not oh, yet. No, you weren't. No, I oh, wasn't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I was at, I was still at home. But and we were collecting coins. I was collecting coin by myself, and I was just saving, and I was still going to school. I was commuting, okay. and like, um, I would definitely have moments where I think like every kid has this, and like, if I'm gonna get shade on it, every Daisy kid goes through this where you tell your dad or mom that you're studying, but you're not, and you're actually on a date. Like, I mean, I probably still do that. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I still do it, uh, but. I would lean more into that. So I was definitely getting more comfortable with my own self. And it wasn't a planned scenario. Like I didn't sit my dad down. And I was like, dad, I have to tell you something. I'm happy how it came out because we had both gotten into a really bad argument. Um, my dad and I, we always like butt heads because mm-hmm. he was very logical. And I and I love that about him. But um I was very, like, obscure. I would always think about the random things. And I remember we were having a conversation about internet. And he wanted to watch the cricket game. And he was like, I want to watch this live stream. And I was like, well, we don't pay for the good internet. So we're not <laughs> going to get it live. And he's like, oh, so now it's how much I make and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, God, this is going deep. We're going deep. And we got into a really bad argument. We got to a point where I had just gotten back at him. And I was like, you don't know me. You don't know the one thing about me. Or how many people can identify with that exact statement? I yeah. can. I very vividly remember the time I was like 17 years old. Yeah. And I turned around to my mom and was like, you don't even know me. <laughs> exactly. Like you're having your moment. Like <laughs> I have my rollers in and everything. But no, like I was like, you don't know me. I'm like breathing all hard and he and I quizzed him I was like tell me one thing about me and to my surprise he actually did prove multiple points of me and I was like oh shit he's like what do you mean what's going on like there's something and I had never talked about relationships with my dad I think like I wanted to shelter that idea with him I never like wanted to talk about like oh I'm seeing this girl I like this girl or like anything like that had it been a girl was was your household open to that? Were you yeah. able, like, if you were straight and, and mm-hmm. dating women, you could have told him that? Probably. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And I think, like, even, say, now, like, if I was dating and I said something, like, absolutely, I think it's a very welcoming, like, nothing about, like, my family was very much like, oh, you cannot date. It was very, we openly talked about it. And it was, okay. um, we supported it. We talked about it. We wanted to know more. Okay. And, um... Right then and there, I told my dad, I was just like, well, I'm gay. Oh, my God. So your dad just wanted to watch cricket. He just wanted to watch cricket. Your dad just <laughs> wanted to watch. Live cricket. Pakistan versus India. Yeah, it was actually the Pakistan. Where India yeah. won. Yeah. And. <laughs> but my ass. <laughs> and you dropped this bombshell on him. Yeah, I. it was a weird scenario. But it just happened. I just like. At that point, my head was just pounding with the idea Mm -hmm. of him not knowing. And I 
just blurted it out. I was like, you know what? What's going to happen is going to happen. If I get kicked out right now, I'm going to get kicked out. Like, this argument's already happened. Like, what's the worst that could happen? And I what, was so what was surprised. I immediate reaction? Like, what was the look on his face? What did he say? Like His immediate reaction was, why do you think that? And that's not a bad response. He He wasn't, like, shocked or, like mad or anything he his actually his temper went down it was definitely like wait why do you think that mm-hmm. and i was just like i i'm just gay like dad i don't understand why you don't get this i'm gay and like i don't i don't want to explain this right now and he's like okay wait wait, wait. cool down come sit by me because we were like sitting against one another mm-hmm. and he we sat next to one another and i'm getting chills and it's fine but um it's okay i sat next to him he told me, he hugged me first, and he was like, okay, here's my son. I love you. What's going on? And it was such a Kodak moment. It was like you see two people butting heads. You see people literally at their throats. But one thing of just being like, you're gay, calmed down the situation. Maybe for a long time he felt a disconnect from you mm-hmm. and he there was a wall up and you guys butt heads about everything mm-hmm. else other than the real And it was my wall. I sure. had I had definitely put that up. Sure. And um and it was just me assuming. It was me assuming that like this was not going to go well. Me just expecting that like when I bring this up He's not going to support me. It's done. Like, this is it. And that's such a moment, too, because I've had moments like this in my life before, but we don't give our parents enough credit. Yeah. And I didn't. And I, at that time, like, we had such an in-depth conversation about just like, okay, why do you think that? What, like, what's going on? Like, have you dated anyone? Have you experimented? Have you had sex with anyone? Have you, like, what is it that you are attracted about men? Mm-hmm. And I went in depth, literally explaining to you like what I did. I was like, I dated women. I tried to have sex. It just would like it happened. Like I had sex, but like it was just nothing. Wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't it. And um, he was like, okay, I understand. Wow. That. He was like, I get that. Like this is like unprecedented, though. I like, know. We it- have to- <laughs> I mean, I love my parents, and my parents are super understanding, mm-hmm. and. My parents also love my gay friends, mm-hmm. but I still think that if I were to be gay, if I went to my parents and I was like, "Mom, Dad, I'm gay," they I don't think it would have gone that well. And I I hold my parents up to a very mm-hmm. high standard of being accepting, and mm-hmm. I still I don't know. And maybe that's where we don't give our parents enough credit, but I really don't know if I had if I were to identify in that manner and come out Mm -hmm. i don't know that my parents would have been that smooth exactly and that i wasn't smooth like i didn't think it was gonna go smooth because i knew how my dad reacted near people that were gay or if he saw a pride float or anything like two men holding their hands together or anything like that i knew how he reacted and how did he react? Was he, he just would, disgusted? It was like or? disgusted okay. or like he would make a comment or like things like that. And at that time, that's when I would like defend. I would be like, why are you saying that? Yeah. And like no one caught on, I guess. But like <laughs> I would have <laughs> caught on. But um, <laughs> like during those times, I was just like, I know that this is the reaction. And to have him react in those ways and then like 
when I came out, he's not like that. He didn't care that I was gay. It was more of like, I love you. Like, Mm, I love you unconditionally. You're my son. You've literally done everything for me. And I'm going to support you through thick and thin. And I know that this life is going to be difficult for you, but I'm here for you. And at that time, he was very much like, educate me. Tell me. Like, more about it. It was very uncomfortable because I was like, okay, I just opened up this and now you want to open up more doors? Like, right. hold on. Like, He's there's like a, ready to peel like, it there's back. There's a whole mansion here. Like, <laughs> all right, let's open every closet, every door, no pun intended with the closet. But yeah, I mean, it was great. We had great conversations. And then eventually after that, my dad was, he was like, okay, I understand it. However, I want to talk to someone about it. Do like, you, like a therapist? No, or? like um, he did bring that up at one point he was like maybe we can go to therapy together and like we can all understand this under the guise of understanding yeah not like it wasn't like to change to change you no 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 it wasn't on that realm (laughs) it was more of like i just don't get this and um he had told one of my brothers at that time Mm -hmm. and my brother had kind of he was surprised as well and i had told him abruptly because i was like oh no dad's gonna tell you so i have to tell you and he was like, okay, well, you just kind of gave me, like, a improper coming out. And I was like, okay, I get that. But, like, it's kind of my story, not yours, but all right. And um, my dad wanted to talk to him. So I, I really don't know to this day what that conversation was between my dad and my brother. But after it, that's when – it was, like, summer. And I knew my school year was starting next year. And I had kind of decided that I was like, I think I want to move out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm working out in the city. I'm going to school in the city. Like, it just makes sense. Right. And he was – and, like, having that conversation after, <laughs> like, telling your parent, like, hey, dad, I need to move out. And, like, <laughs> being daisy and moving out is a big thing to, right. like, a lot of people unless it's, like, for school or anything. And he was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like, if you can afford it, do it. Like, if you need help, I'll help you. I love it. He's so supportive. Yeah, he was very supportive. But the best part about this entire conversation, which made everything better, was that it was unwarranted. It was nothing, like, I had asked for. But he was just like, hey, if you move out, explore your sexuality. What? Yeah. Your dad told you to explore, like, he told... He was like, make this a learning moment. He was like, while you're out there, you're on your own. You're living there. You're doing, you're going to school. You're working there. Take care of yourself, one. But two, like, explore this. Like, it's, it, it wasn't like, he was like, understand it more. Right. Just to make sure. Like, you don't have, you're just proving this to yourself. And he supported it. He wasn't like, oh, like, go there and change. He was more like, he was very much like, just to make sure, why don't you do this while you're out there? Sure. It was a sentence that I didn't need or want, but it was such a great feeling to just so impactful. Have that, like, Mm -hmm. from someone you grew up with who literally taught you the basics and yeah eventually it came out to my brothers and family and yeah 
And here we are, and here, loud and open. Here we are. That was two years ago, I guess. That's two years. Now. That's a lot of progress in two years. Yeah, knock on wood. There's a lot much of progress. more progress to make. <laughs> you know, that's such a great story, and I think it just needs to be heard. One to give other Daisy kids hope, but mm-hmm. also I really hope that Daisy parents hear that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish you know you're. You know, unfortunately, your dad's not with us anymore, and he passed shortly after that, right? Yeah, it was just a, a couple months, month and a half, two months, two months right after that. I mean, I hope that you can carry your dad's name and words and wisdom in mm-hmm. that way. He would be so impactful if he was with us here today oh, to share that story absolutely. and give hope to families. Because I think a lot of times what happens, whether it is on this topic or a multitude of other topics within our community, because our parents did not grow up with the social norms of America, they grew up with the social norms of Pakistan or India or the mm-hmm. Middle East, where it was just like zero tolerance. Everything was zero yeah. tolerance. Being gay was zero tolerance. Dating was zero tolerance. Yeah. Moving out was zero tolerance. Like, it was just zero tolerance. Yeah. And so when they got here and anything was in the zero tolerance mm-hmm. zone, they don't know how to handle it. And their mm-hmm. immediate reaction is to just shut it down, get it away. Yep. And it's fear-based, yep. right? So... Even sharing that story of how your dad reacted is such a big deal. And people need to hear that because maybe it'll just help them in a way to navigate the conversation and navigate their thoughts and emotions. Yeah. I definitely think that like in those situations, I I know that they're really stressful. I've been in situations where with a sibling or a family member or anything and like you're going through difficult times. But like our parents definitely instilled the emotion of love. And I will always be an advocate of love, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. If you love an ice cream, you love that ice cream. (laughs) Just that love does like kind of control you in those situations. And it's just like, I'm not saying that parents don't have the love. I'm not saying that they see parents don't. But I want them to focus on that sometimes. Right. But like lead with it. Yeah, lead with that. Like definitely this is your whoever it is, even if it's like your neighbor and they're coming out to you. Lead with love first before Mm -hmm. you go in with X, Y, and Z about being gay and all this stuff. Right. Be understanding. Yeah. It makes the situation much better. It makes the situation more understanding because the recipient understands that the love has already been transcribed. Right. And the love also translates into security, right? So you as a child coming out, whether – you're coming out at 15 and actually need the security in the physical sense. Or if you're 25 and coming out and you just need the security yeah. as a blanket just to know that it's there and to lead with it. And even if at the end of the day they unfortunately don't see eye to eye, just knowing, like you said, that the love is there. Mm-hmm. How is it in the expanded community? I know that the aunties and uncles and Nyla aunties, if you will, <laughs> are speaking, they're side-eyeing. Like To give context to that question is you are out on Instagram and you are out in the social hemisphere and mm-hmm. people see it and people probably follow you and they probably make their comments and this mm-hmm. and that. And how is, how is that? How is... Yeah. Um, that was another surprising thing. Like I had definitely prepared for the worst for everything. Like I was definitely mm-hmm. like preparing for conversations on the side or aunties pulling me to the side and being like, 
What are you doing? Like, what are you doing, beta? Like, nay. Like, this isn't what's supposed to happen with you. Mm -hmm. I haven't had any instances with aunties yet. Um, Have had it with a couple uncles. Really? Okay. And it's not like um, a conversation or anything. It's very much like... A remark. Yeah, it's like a remark. Like, eh, like, let's talk about this. Like, I don't think it's right. And I've outwardly just been like hey this isn't the time and place but if you want to talk about it i can happily so do that. where was the time and place where someone would it was actually at a wedding this remark it was at a wedding but it was also that i haven't seen this family member for a while so okay. i think like he's definitely been thinking about it um and just seeing myself he just wanted to talk about it immediately and i had just told him i was like hey like this isn't i'm not comfy right now and i don't think this is the time and place to talk about it how about we take the time somewhere else and do that? And we still haven't had that conversation. But as I – like I kind of – I remember posting my first picture with my significant other. And okay. So you are currently in a relationship. Yes. I am dating. Uh-huh, I am okay. taken. <laughs> Very happy. I love this. But um, I had posted a picture with my significant other and I just remember like having an anxiety attack before. Right. And I was like – Oh, what do I do? My family follows me. This is a very happy moment for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm very ecstatic. And this person makes me very happy. And I want to share it. And that, like like I said, love love led it. I was just like, you know what? I don't care. I love my significant other. What happens, happens. And I will deal with that. And to my surprise, my cousins had come up to me at that same wedding it was like extended family members that like I've met a couple times or like we sure. grew up with and they came up to me and they were just like, we are so proud of you. I sat there like with the chicken on dinner. I was like, Oh, hi. Like, how are you? <laughs> and I was just like, they're like, stop, stop, stop. Like not the hi, not the hello. We're just so proud of you. Wow. And I was like, my mouth dropped. And this is literally like this past summer. And I had not come up to them. They came up to me and they were like, you know what? Like, you're Desi, you're Pakistani. What you've gone through with your life and how many hurdles you've gone through and to, like, see you happy. Yeah. It just made sense to them. They were Mm -hmm. like, okay, like, we're proud of you. We're really happy for you. And then another came up to me and they're like, you being where you're at in your life right now is such a, an amazing face to the community. Is that a burden? No. Or how do you feel about that? Well, I was like, I didn't ever identify myself as that. I never identified okay. like myself as like bigger than what I usually thought I was. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just an average Joe. But um, but now like you're... Or you're like not an a... average Emma. <laughs> like, like... <laughs> you not only get to be then looked up to or a role model as a desi kid but a gay desi kid yeah i never identified myself as a role model Mm -hmm. and that was a very impactful moment for me when someone came up to me and they were just like we are so proud of you and like granted be proud of me for all my other excellence but (laughs) which there are many there are many i could list off a bunch (laughs) but um yeah, it was just a moving experience. And then there were many more cousins that came after, nieces and nephews. And they, were, they didn't even, like, 
hesitate. They mm-hmm. were just like, oh, like we saw that picture. Like you guys look cute. Like it was just a normal conversation. I'm I like, thank it. you. I love it. I know. And it was like, uh, I had a couple that were also like, hey, like we support you. We love you. Like, like in Islam, this isn't supported. This is a very big sin. But we see that you're happy. So like I don't support it like on a religious standpoint, but like I'm very happy for you. I love you and like all that stuff. Like you're the baby of the family. And which Yeah, and I was I like, have so many issues with that comment. Like that's not okay. You're still a bad person. Like you're still a bad person. You're still you're still like, going to hell, but you know, while we're here on earth together, yeah. it's okay, <laughs> but I'll be getting on a different bus at the end. <laughs> I have but, so many issues with that. But with that said, it's it was still it's some a good backhanded progress. Yeah, I mean, I was like, <laughs> it's progress, and I still <laughs> welcomed it. I was definitely like, I was like, honestly, I'll take whatever I'm. Yeah, it's right better. Now. It's better like, than I'm you getting yeah. like shown a woman on the side and be like, no, you should marry you her. Should. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm suppress gonna, all of this I'm like, who and that, get married. Uh, like, who's she? Like, and they're like, oh, she's your cousin, and I'm like, okay, no, like. <laughs> Who? No. Me marrying my cousin isn't going to make this better. Disregard that she's a woman. My cousin? Like, no. (laughs) So that gets us to, like, precisely what your cousin said, you know, like, oh, I don't agree with this, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad you're happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where does that stand with, like, culture versus religion? I mean... Can we separate the two or is it one and the same? Because I think we should. I don't know. I think we need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I think we need to. But if I think about it in terms of the Desi community and who I know, I feel like the assumed reaction is going to be the same whether they're Hindu, Christian, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Buddhist, mm -hmm. Muslim. I could go on a historical rant, but it's just like in every religion, it's stated in multiple books that homosexuality is a sin and that has just been instilled in religion for a lot of points now this is where i always battle is the culture and religion aspect with primarily us desis for us to move forward as and if we want to welcome open thoughts like this of being gay or being a lesbian or being any part of lgbtq plus or even any identity that isn't like a quote-unquote social norm that they brought from pakistan or india or the Mm -hmm. middle east to openly welcome that and talk about that like we need to work on our culture we really need to put some key on it yes and talk about it (laughs) and not push it under the rug like be open to it and i know there's a lot of uncomfortable situations i know that there's a lot of underlying like mental issues, even like literally mental issues, mental illness. Talking about that, that's a whole other thing. Right. But as a culture, we need to like accept religion for what it is. Yes, it has its sins. You do your great things. You do you get your points, it's your point systems, you get your tallies and all that stuff. And that's great. But your culture, that's not your religion. Mm-hmm. Your culture is what you were brought up like your traditions what did you do as a family what was around you in where you like lived was there a kite festival enrich the kite festival tell people about this kite festival holy like in india like that's something cultural right or no is that, it's I don't religious know. It's but religious? it is cultural so like to your point i get what you're saying and i'm going to bring it down to kind of a different level yeah for instance i I don't pursue this. I would love to pursue this, but I love Katak. 
Uh, oh, oh, right oh dancing, yes. Right? Oh, my God. I I've love, always thought about it. I love Katak. Yeah. And I remember voicing that. I remember telling my dad, like, oh, I think, you know, I think I'm going to try to take some Katak classes. Like, it's mm-hmm. so beautiful. And his response was, yeah, it's beautiful. I enjoy it. But it's Hindu mythology. It's Hindu mysticism. Like, that's oh. how it started. Like, that's just, yeah. you know, that's a story that's being yeah. told through the dance. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I'm like, yeah, but who cares? Even though it's a Hindu mythology, it's Indian culture, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like, if an outsider, if a white guy looking into it, they're not, they're going to look at this as a beautiful, graceful Indian dance. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily going to be like, that dance yeah, is, is part of Hindu <laughs> mythology. Yes. They're just going to be like, wow, this is part of Indian culture and it's beautiful and graceful. Like, why did it have to be so tied exactly. into religion? Exactly. Right? And that's like, let me just break it down to the simplest, like a wedding dress. A bride wearing red, that isn't something religious. That is culturally instilled. Exactly. That is something. Every Indian bride wears a red dress. And I'm not. I'm not. Christian, Hindu, Muslim. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like, honestly, I like it. Sometimes it's great. But I'm not like, I'm not knocking down your red dress. I love your red dress. (laughs) But wear whatever you want. That's the thing. Like, uh, that's always instilled with me. Like, do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So when I hear like. A bride going through, oh, I didn't get the wedding dress that I wanted because my mother-in-law picked something that I didn't like or things like that. Or they're telling me that I have to wear something certainly, like in a certain way. And to me, like... Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words to me. I'm like, I will wear Dior with a 70-foot trail. Like, I will wear that. Um, But... (laughs) I cannot wait till your wedding. You can carry the trail. It'll be fine. But... (laughs) When it comes to the just the red dress and being open to even a white dress, people are like, wait, she wore a white dress to her wedding and not the Valima, like the reception? And I'm like, yeah, she wore a dress. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it shouldn't matter right. to you. Like, and they're like, oh, she's Pakistani, though. And I'm like, okay, and? Like, yeah. anything else? There's so many layers to this onion that we created And we really need to break it down. We really need to just be like, okay, these are areas where we can open up for conversation. These are areas where we need to be educating one another. Okay. You come out. Did you date with Pakistanis, Indians? I tried. I definitely did try. So, I mean, I gravitated to different types of men Mm -hmm. for sure. One of, like, I dated, I think it was like two Pakistanis and one Indian. Is that was it easy it was to come Indian. across or like no. I mean we Tinder Grinder like how did we so find it was on another Tinder and Grinder Grinder is also like mm, Tinder you guys know Tinder. Grinder is more of like a gay dating app can be used for hookups as well predominantly hookups. But um yeah, like that's how I would kind of scout for men cuz I was still like 20 and I couldn't go out and I couldn't like meet people. Yeah. It was hard. I definitely saw people I saw people that I knew as well. I didn't want to out them because a right. lot of these Daisy people that were on there that were gay or w- however they identified themselves, they w- were in similar situations. They were like, we don't want our family to know. We don't want this to know. And that was a hard thing for me. Like, I was like, okay, I understand that. But they were, it was like an oxymoron. They were like, okay, I want to be gay. And if we date, I want you at home cooking for me. And I, like, want to instill what traditional female roles are to you. 
Like you were like I am going to be the man Wait, so in the there's relationship. Even, like, there's like a layer of oppression yeah. within the Daisy gay community. Exactly. And that like to me I was immediately turned off. And that like and I hope like I'm not getting backlash for this, but it's just like I just created a stigma right then and there. I was like I will not date Daisy men because they are so traditional. But like I was like how can you go through this hurdle of like admitting that you're gay or whatever and then like have traditional aspects around it of being like no you need to stay at home no you're like you need to get a better job no right no <laughs> like let's just deal with the fact that we are both here see here identifying as gay yeah, and we are together and like let's live in this simple. truth for the and, second like, i was just like okay well this is confusing and i just kind of put a big x on that and i was just like "Mm, all right well if i have to revisit it maybe but no i've met others i've met others in the community that aren't like that so i'm not like generalizing that are very much like me that are very open and Mm -hmm. it's rare to find people like me that are so open to exploring either their sexuality or just openly talking about anything and just being open to like how you want to live at a whole and yeah. like i've that's across from pakistanis indians middle easterns like all throughout like i've met people like that and those type of people like i can carry a conversation with and i want to know more but mm-hmm. immediately when i hear like oh, you need to stay at home i was like that is so, that, i don't know why i'm so shocked right? by this i'm so shocked that... i was shocked i was very shocked <laughs> yes i was shook at wow yeah. I, uh, yeah wow I, I don't know why I'm very shocked by that but I guess it is what it is right yeah. it's in your blood I know and I was like really we're really doing this right now <laughs> that submissive oppression like, is in your blood I was like I'm leaving now wow dealing with people within our culture and now you've kind of I think rightfully so solidified your place in the community and mm-hmm. you've really identified yourself and you're secure and you've identified yourself as the gay Pakistani guy Mm -hmm. and you're okay with that and confident and secure. Do you have any role models that you have looked up to within the community? And also on the back end of that, like you're a role model now and how do you just play with that yeah <laughs> brush your weave yeah That's brushing right. my weave. <laughs> um but yeah so so to start uh, were there any role models in our community and i mean if i may say like your dad is such, he taught you how to lead with love Absolutely. and compassion yeah. definitely my parents have always been my number one role models just because of not me being gay. It was mainly of just being a human and how you should treat someone and properly like carrying a conversation, being like instilling just those human interactions and like disregarding all these random like cultural aspects and things like that. But I think recently um, with like the new reboot with Queer Eye and all that stuff with yeah. one of the characters being Pakistani, Tan Friends. No, Dunveer. 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 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I remember the first episode, I was like, okay, there's something about him that I'm gravitated to. Like, I don't know what it is, but something. And over some time, I watched more episodes, and then I started researching him on, like, Instagram and things like that. And then, like, I immediately was just like, oh, my God, wait. This is, like, a Pakistani that is, like, in fashion. Yeah. 
that does styling. Have you read his book? His story is incredible. He's been in the fashion industry for a very long time. Like I thought they kind of plucked him out as like a fashionable guy and he he was made for TV, if you will. But in reading your book, you realize like, wow, no, he's really been in the fashion industry for a very long time. Exactly. And like I don't even know, like I haven't even read the book, but just like having my story of just like going into teaching, but like going into fashion, being Desi, being Pakistani, like that's already – an enigma in itself. So I'm sure he has hurdles, but how he carries himself on Instagram appearances and things like that, or what his message is all the time, that's what like I'm always gravitated to. He's, he seems so secure and yeah, confident. I'm like, he's right. in Italy. He's redoing yes. his closet. He, did, <laughs> he redid his closet and I was like, oh my God, I need to be here. Yeah. But literally just like that type of person, like it's not like, oh, he's pretty. I want to be like them. It's more of like, oh, my God, this person's a great person, and, like, I want to look up to them because right. motivated. Right. Like, it's someone such that a good I way see. of putting it. You're motivated. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to get towards this. Like, I want to make my own stance on this community. I love it. I mean, it's good to know that this is the first time or, like, a couple times I'm hearing that I'm a role model. So Aww. I'm happy when I hear you that. are you are this is a very big deal and I thank you for opening up this conversation you. my last question for you is what would you tell your younger self what would you tell yourself when you were you know 8 9 13 14 years old trying to figure it out trying to identify and and I'm sure feeling not only the angst of identifying as just being different and then realizing that what you may potentially identify as is not okay, quote yeah. unquote, in the community. You are going to have hurdles. So at that what you know now and what you've experienced, how would you what would you tell your younger self? That's a hard one. So I definitely like wouldn't say anything to myself that would change who I am right now. I love who I am. But mm-hmm. I definitely think just one of those pushes of just like hey, it's okay to be different. Take your time. Figure it out. Come to me when you want to. Like, there's no timeline on this. I support you. I love you. And I think my parents definitely did that. It was definitely like, we love you. We love you so much. I think any more of that would have definitely gotten me to a better point, like, at a younger age. I think I would definitely have opened up more to the idea um, and maybe come out stronger than I am now. Yeah, just like a little push of just like, you're different. It's okay. Like, I know you're different, but we love you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like, express yourself however you want. Do whatever you want. You don't, even if you want to wear a dress, if you want to play with Barbies, go ahead. I'm not telling you you're gay, but if you want to play with Barbies, go ahead. Right. That's it. Like, wow. Well, (laughs) this is really great. I really, really, really thank you. I'm so happy that this was not a hurdle for you, right? I'm so happy that we're at a point (laughs) where you, as a 22-year-old, confident, independent, gay, desi man, don't find talking about it being a hurdle. And that is a huge thing. So I really, really do thank you for being here. The lesson that you've taught me here today is to lead with love. And I think that's such a big thing. And I'm going to get emotional. Um, I thank you for teaching me that because it's such a strong message. And 
I know that you are someone that people look up to. I look up to you, even though you're way younger than me. But I look up to you, and I think you're so strong, and I think you're such a pillar for our community because we need people like you. Thank you. I'm going to tell everybody out there that obviously you can always reach out to me for support, but I know that Ali very much will open his heart up to you. And if you need some guidance, need somebody to talk to, need a shoulder, and if you have similar or maybe not even similar hurdles Mm -hmm. that you're going through, I know he's very open to people reaching out to him. Oh, I'm really good, and I'm really like, I keep it secure. So even if you need to talk about it and you just want me to listen, I'm there. Yeah. So happily inbox me. (laughs) awesome thank you thank you today's episode was really special for me because there are very few things that I hold incredibly dear in my life and that I will protect to the end in my life and for me that is very much my friends that identify within the LGBTQ plus community I'm really thankful for Ali sharing his story today. I think it's incredibly important to lead with love. He really taught me something today that we don't always have to agree with something or disagree with something or dissect something right away. But when somebody has taken their walls down for you and when somebody is being vulnerable, it is so important to lead with love and to accept them with love first and everything else will kind of fall into place. I thought that there was going to be a lot of conflict that Ali was going to tell me about. I thought Ali was going to present to me all these horror stories. And as much as that makes a juicy conversation, it really warms my heart that Ali's path with coming out and being openly gay within the Daisy community was not met with a lot of struggle. I'm not saying his path was easy. I'm just saying we assume, I assume that he was going to tell me all these stories about these hardships and these heartaches and doors being slammed in his face. So I'm really thankful that even though this isn't leaps and bounds, that we are making progress as a community. Thank you for listening to put some ghee on it. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow me at Subi Syed on Instagram, as well as the show at Put Some Ghee on It. Also, please follow my guest today, Ali, on Instagram. You can find him at The Designer. Again, that is spelled D E S I G N R E. You can find him on Instagram at The Designer. Feel free to inbox him with your stories and your words of encouragement so that he can lead the good fight.